This episode of the Duck Gun Podcast proudly brought to you by Gunner Kennels. Gunner Kennels, the market's only double-walled, roto-molded dog crate, and a five-star crash test-rated kennel. These American-made boxes come with a lifetime warranty, and the guys over at Gunner Kennels have done some crazy testing just to show how strong they really are, like dropping 4,000 pounds on it, hammering it with a 630-pound sled, tossing it off a 200-foot cliff, and shooting it with a 12-gauge at seven paces with no pellet penetration. You're hitting the road with your dog this season. Gunner Kennels is your safest bet. Protect your best friend and protect your investment. Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. What's going on, folks? Thanks for joining me on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. On this weekly hunt update, we talk about Elliot, his last duck hunt in Kansas, and goose hunt in Indiana, and our season's coming to a close here soon. So before that, a quick word from our partners, and we'll jump right into the podcast. Hey guys, Tim from HTR here. If you really want to get your group up front and in the action, check out our new HTR A-frame. Hunt anywhere, concealed. It sets up and takes down in less time than it takes to put your waders on. We've developed our own camo patterns for a better hide, with more designs coming. We have you covered from the sides and the top. Oh, and did I mention, our A-frame is only 10 pieces out of the box? Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and on htrinnovations.com. Hey guys, another great company that we have partnered with is Sportsman Taxidermy. And we had Corey on the podcast not too long ago, so jump back, check that one out. Really great content there. Um, but they do everything from waterfowl, deers, turkey, and they've even done a lion at the shop. It's award-winning taxidermy, and they're out of Belton, Missouri. Um, you can reach them at 816-331-5171 or email at taxidermy at outlook.com and did I mention if you're not in the area they also do shipping so that's great be sure to check them out guys we'd like to give a big thanks to our partners over at white rock decoys be a nomad and get out further with more decoys with their lightweight system of windsocks silhouettes and fully collapsible floater decoys we'd also like to give a big thanks to our partners over at Bailey's Game Calls. These 3D printed plastic calls are made in America, highly customizable and floating. They also have a patent pending on the density of their calls which allows them to mimic wood and acrylic calls. Be sure to check out Bailey's Game Calls for your next duck or goose call. What's going on folks? I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles and I'm joined on this frigid evening <laughs> with uh by elliot from freelance duck hunting messed up the intro <laughs> tried to change it a little bit uh but how you doing tonight elliot i've been pretty grouchy all day long because <laughs> as some of you may know some of you may not i'm a school teacher and anytime it goes below negative 15 wind chill um they let school out here here in kansas i know up north i'm sure it's a it's a much harsher temperature than that but that that's the policy here so we've been watching the weather and i'm like it's you know, it's been predicted negative 19 negative 20 and i'm like okay we're this is they're going to cancel school this is great 
So, and this happened, this today's Wednesday. Um, this, so I was looking Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. I'm like, man, we're getting out. We're getting out. I get an email Tuesday night, right? Tuesday evening, right at the end of school from the uh, administration saying, if we cancel school, teach all teachers will still be expected to report to their duty. Oh man. <laughs> I was not pleased. <laughs> so they canceled school and you still had to go? <laughs> yeah, they've never done that before. It's the first time they've ever done that. And it was just like last last minute. I didn't even know till like I was driving home the night before and I had just been like banking on. So I'll tell you, as a teacher, like snow days and anytime you get out like that for weather, I mean, most of us remember that happening as a kid, having the day off school and that exciting feeling. It does not leave you as an adult. It's like the night before you think you have to go to work, you get this phone call. It's like school's canceled tomorrow. It's the most euphoric childhood feeling. <laughs> so why why did they make you come in? It's something about how many days we uh, legally have to be there, and they can not. I don't know. I don't know. They just pick some semantics over um, you know the morale of of individuals. I'm sure if you sat down with them, they'd have all these specific on paper reasons. But the <laughs> fact is, it's like late January. Teachers live for these days, and you just, it's like you canceled Christmas. <laughs> Not cool. Not cool. Mm. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty frigid here as well. Um, I don't know what the actual low got to, but uh, I think the lowest I saw. Um, um, this morning around nine o'clock, it was negative twenty with uh, negative forty-six wind chill. <laughs> and that's that's chilly, and so I had a little bit of a mishap. So, if anybody who's followed the YouTube channel or the podcast, even you know that Chief has tendencies to venture off, wander off, and this morning was no no exception let him out to go to the bathroom and i'm standing i have to stand at the door because if i don't stand at the door and watch him um to make sure he's not you know going off into the neighbor's yard and then from there he's just following his nose and he's in the next neighbor's yard and you know so i literally have to just stand there and watch him and uh yeah i'm standing there at my door because i'm not going to stand outside it's negative 46 wind chill and (laughs) (laughs) and next thing i know I see Chief just streaking off, and he's chasing a rabbit. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me. So I, I put on my boots as fast as I can and just run after him because he's just gone. <laughs> like By the time I open the door, like he's out of sight. Um, and like the wind's howling. It's like 20-mile-per-hour winds. <laughs> and I chase him, and I just don't know where he went. Like He's just gone that far. And I, I go maybe uh, 100, 150 yards. And I'm just freezing. I'm I got I got to go back to the house, put clothes on because, <laughs> um, in those kind of temperatures, they say I don't know how true it is, but they say you can get frostbite in minutes. So I run back to the house, put on like uh, another sweatshirt, another jacket, a winter coat, a hat, and uh, got my muck boots and just like Adidas sports pants, and wow. I, and I go after him. And I, in my mind, I kept saying, "You need. I need to put pants on. I need to put like better pants on, some kind of winter pants, hunting pants, something." But I just go after him wearing that. And <laughs> man, I we got we got a fresh snow as well um, the day before, so I can see clearly where his tracks are. And I just follow him, and he's gone through this neighbor's yard. He's gone. Then he goes back across the country road, 
um, over to this neighbor's yard, and then he goes a f- you know a few hundred yards further, and then he crosses the road again, and then over to these neighbors' yards, and keep going. And I'm just following these tracks, running through everybody's backyards, and like <laughs> <laughs> literally, like they're just warning people to not go outside. And I'm like running around through people's backyards, you know, another few hundred yards, and he crosses the road again, and I still haven't seen him. All I'm doing is following tracks, so it's not like super fast going, you know. <laughs> um, and then you see tracks where he's doubled back and gone this way, and you're like trying to decipher is this forward or back. I'm I'm not like an expert expert tracker or anything, but uh, so finally I get and I'm like uh, you know through all the weaving and like 45 minutes later, uh, I'm like a quarter of a mile away from my house, <laughs> and I literally I can't like I can't feel my legs anymore. Like they're coming to the point where like I'm moving and they want to like give out. I'm like my legs aren't working right. I need to go back home. <laughs> And so um, I'm like, I know where his tracks are. I'm going to go home and get in my vehicle and then like continue the search. But I need to like warm up a little bit first. And and so I walk home and um, get back home. And I I took a picture. I sent it to Elliot of my face, like my beard. It wasn't like there was no snow, no precipitation at all. That was just my breath freezing to my face. You've got to put that on our Facebook page. (laughs) Yeah, it's just, yeah, I probably should. So, fellowship of the duck guns, if you guys want to check it out. Yeah, I'll post it up there. But man, um, so like when when I'm searching for him, you it, you kind of go through like stages. If you're ever looking for a dog, at first you're annoyed, and then you're angry, and then you're scared. You know, like yeah. so, I went through all those like emotions. I'm like, ah, chief, like you got to pick today to run off and chase a rabbit, and then I'm like. Chief, you're going to be in big trouble. Like, you know, all this is going in my mind. When I find you're going to be in so much trouble. And then I'm like, oh, no. Like, is is Chief going to be able to survive if I can't find him? And, like, you know, negative 50 windshield. Like, is Chief going to be able to survive? And I'm not sure what a dog's capability is in that kind of weather. But anyway, so I walk back home and uh, get into the house. And, like, literally, I, I couldn't feel my legs. Like, from my knees to like my waist, it was just like completely numb. And it was just, it was a really weird sensation, like feeling the blood start kind of moving through your legs again. (laughs) Wow. So yeah, I got, uh, gotten in the vehicle. Actually, I got a message from someone on Facebook. Um, and like I said, chief has a tendency. So somebody who had (laughs) returned chief before and they have three dogs. And so he went to their house and was able to recover them. Luckily, and I was just happy once I got him. So I, Man, what a all jerk. the annoyance and anger was gone. But yeah, it's just, <laughs> and he's just like, I, I'd pull up in there in their driveway and he's outside and he's just wagging his tail. He's so happy to see me. He's like, Hey man, where you at? Like, yeah. you <laughs> where <been>? you been? <laughs> You've been missing out. And like, he's got like ice all froze to him. He doesn't care. And it's just like, <laughs> okay, whatever. Oh, man, Jump in the Jeep. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so. But you looked pretty emotionally beat down in that picture, I'll have to say. <laughs> I was I took it like as soon as I walked in my house and so it was already starting to <laughs> melt like the frost off of me. But uh I mean, yeah, it it's pretty cold. I mean, I think it definitely helps what we go through in a waterfowl season. Um you know, like what we have to kind of tolerate as we hunt and you get used to the cold. So and I think a normal individual who hasn't hunted all season would would have definitely been a lot cooler than I was, but <laughs> I was able to tough it out. <laughs> I'm looking at the picture right now. You look just so not happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, 
<laughs> I'm glad that wasn't me. Izzy would have gotten that. <laughs> whooping something fierce <laughs> <laughs> well she doesn't do stuff like that does she uh she she's she doesn't run away no uh-uh. i'm lucky with that she she will go out and around the, the neighbors um because she wants to pee on the other side of their house to tell the dogs in their backyard that that that's all from is hers but <laughs> she doesn't actually run away. i don't think she's ever run away actually mm. so i've heard that that's a, a male dog trait um especially if they're not fixed yeah Though, what they call it, the wanderlust. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. I know the. I mean, females will do it as well. Yeah, it makes sense for sure. Yeah. So. All right. So I guess let's jump into the hunts. What do you got to share this week as far as hunt well, updates? I have my last duck hunt um, of the season, and it was not a very good one. Uh, my whole January has been terrible. I was looking at my freelance hunt stats. Um, account and I went out five times in January and shot five birds and I can't even remember if there was one hunt where I shot more than one or whether it's just one I don't know but it was a bad January so um, we've been having all this prolonged cold so all the marshes are frozen even the big main lakes are frozen the only thing we have open is the river and it's flowing ice chunks and everything and um, you know the river because you went out with me on on your last hunt in kansas it was me and john went out on that hunt and conditions were pretty much the same but i was not going to go out um fumblemits scouted a certain area for me and it was frozen and so i didn't even have anyone to hunt with because aiden's off to college and and my only option was basically to, to um go out on the river myself and i just didn't have the motivation to do it. Um, I'm not totally opposed to hunting the river by myself, but I would like to not if I if I could. Um, so it's just we did you know we did so poor, and I didn't have any kind of scouting on the river, so I was just like I'm not going to go. But I, I pulled a very veterans veteran duck hunters move here because when I first got married with my wife, I would have an emotion that I wasn't going to hunt, and I would announce it to her. And then <laughs> my wife is very, very cool about me hunting, but they much prefer, my wife much prefers me to be at home. So the first few years of our marriage, you know, I'd get hunt a weekend, a huge weekend hunt. I was just exhausted and in poor spirits. And on like Monday, I'd be like, I don't think I'm going to hunt this weekend. Right. <laughs> and then Wednesday would pull around Thursday, would pull around. And I'd be like, Oh man, I wish I hadn't said that. I could always, I mean, I could always go ahead and go, but it just things are much better at the house if you don't do that <laughs> if you don't verbally proclaim you're not going to go hunting and then switch it so i just kept in my mind i was like don't say anything just wait just wait just wait and literally like within i would have told her i wasn't going to hunt within the hour and i get a text from well, who we call the texas boys um which you kind of know them we ran into them in the dark on one of your hunts up here and they're like man we found them we found the ducks we found the geese they're in there by the thousands they're on the river um you want to go with us and i'm like yeah let's go let's do it um so and they were actually hunting the same stretch of river that you and i and john hunted um just it was that very first island that we kicked up so many geese from is where they had been hunting and they said okay the geese are landing on this little island but the mallards are landing in the thousands on the northern bank bank line um, of the river so like our plan is we're going to go in there and we're going to try to set up for those ducks on that that side of the river because they had i guess they had hunted the, the the evening before they had shot three ducks and three geese but they really all the ducks and the main portion of the ducks were over on the north north side 
So we got there really early because we didn't have any plan B, and this was somewhat visible from the road. So we they had a little smaller boat, so we took their little smaller boat and my boat both. And we got over there in the dark, and that north shoreline was extremely steep and pretty deep, about mm, above wader deep, like five feet, just above wader deep was kind of the depth on there. And it made it impossible to set up over there because the bank was so the bank was so steep that I had Izzy with me that even if Izzy had been able to track these birds down and the current was really fast over there, she would have had no way to get back to the bank and up because of it, how steep it was. And it was deep. And we're just like, we can't hunt on this side. So we ended up looping back around and going to that Island where all the geese had been sitting and we got there. And just like it's been all January, pretty much there was more ice there than what we expected. Like, well, they're like, well, all this was open um, yesterday. And now it's frozen. So we spent about an hour making an ice hole and, um, the hole looked pretty good by the time we were done. Uh, shooting time started, and there was ducks and geese everywhere. But the ducks just – none of them wanted to land on us. Um, I'm not sure why the geese didn't. The geese never even looked because um, we kicked them off there in the morning, uh, just naturally going in there. But the ducks, they would just kind of come and look, but they really wanted to be actually out in the main channel, more over towards that north side where they were. But in the first hour, we shot one mallard came in, and one of the Texas boys shot and killed it. And I was just videoing. Um, but that ice hole was just getting, was refreezing. And after an hour, it just looked terrible. So um, one of the guys I was with, they headed down river to go scout. And he just within like a quarter mile away, he kicked up a bunch of ducks and geese right off this island on this little, on this little hole. So he came back. He said, well, here there, let's, let's go ahead and pick up and go down there. So we moved down to that island. And, um, as we came around the downriver side of the Island, there was right at the tip, there was quite a bit of open water. So we pulled the boat up in there and it was really, it was like shin deep shallow, about a foot, about a foot deep. And, um, <clears throat> we were, I mean, I, it was so, it was so shallow. I couldn't even pull the boat any far. I couldn't even get the boat all the way to the shore. Boys and everything along the side of the boat, all of a sudden, um, the ground underneath me just gave way and I, and I grabbed the boat and I was holding on the boat. And my feet couldn't even touch the ground. And so I'm like, Oh crap. Um, so I was going to have to pull myself up in. And then I put my foot all the way down just to test it. And I could barely touch the water. So it turned out this water was about just under, um, wader deep. So I was trying to get back around, um, to where I could get around the boat. And then John, one of the Texas boys, he fell in as well filled up his waders and everything and what had happened and this is one of the really really scary things about the river is the river was at eight and a half feet and ice formed um over the top and then for for whatever reason all these kansas reservoirs feed into this river so the river rose a foot so now it was a the running water was a foot on top of the ice but the weird thing about it was is that as we were walking on it there was somehow a layer of sand had gotten on top of this ice. So it felt like loose sand. We had absolutely no idea that we were actually standing on um, a layer of ice. And, and I was actually really, really scared because I didn't think the river had come up. I, I've studied the river a lot more thoroughly and I, it did come up. Um, I've seen this happen on the river before. And sometimes actually you can get ice on top of the water and then a foot or two of water, however much the river rivers rose, and then a second level of ice. 
so if that if that water had been seven feet deep, eight feet deep, um, it could have it would have been really really bad situation. So the whole the whole incident really really scares me. Um, I I have known that this occurs on the river, um, but I I just I guess I hadn't checked the I guess the lesson from this is on this river if you're hunting any kind any kind of river keep close track of um the water gauges if you go to us gs i put in real-time water data if you go to real-time water data click on your state you can monitor the levels of your rivers and if you if you hunt a river that ice forms on and you hunt during those conditions i'm just going to plead with you um check those water levels and understand that this can occur where you have either two levels of ice with water in between them or one level of ice is just below the surface had i carefully been watching um the water data levels and knew that it was a foot up i might have been able to predict this happen now no one got hurt but like i said if it was it was about four and a half feet if it had been seven instead of four and a half feet it could have been a really really bad situation um, yeah that's that's really scary <laughs> it yeah, was if you really go scary. if you break through a hole like that to where you could go under you go under the ice and then you're uh, yeah under the water and under the ice that's really <laughs> yeah that's really yeah. freaky now knock on wood i have there has not been any kansas river waterfowl fatalities um that i have ever known of, about there's been some in the more some in the summer when people i think they're out drinking and they're on the river and stuff and and ultimately this is a very shallow river but just understand that this double ice or ice below the water scenario can occur and you have to be on your guard at every single second and i let my guard down um i i just completely thought i mean the boat was resting on this ice shelf and i felt sand under my feet um so I'm looking back on it as though, how could I have been more prepared for this? And I think my mistake was I should have checked those water levels the night before we left. I'd been watching them and I knew it was at eight and a half last I knew, um, but I should have checked that night before. I would have seen that it have come up a foot. I could have actively thought about this scenario and thinking, okay, it's come up a foot in the last 24 hours. That means we could have some ice below the water. Um, because man, that's just like I said, if if you were to slip under the ice and and this river right now, it's up, it flows pretty strong. Um, so you know, it's just a lesson. It's a lesson. And and thank God it was a lesson where no one got hurt. Um, John had a, was able to get dry enough to continue hunting. Um, we didn't do we said we did see it set up. The highlight of the day was my can of soup because nothing would come in at all. Um, so it was a very poor last day of hunting. Um, one, one mallard was shot Now we did see tons of geese and tons of geese, tons of ducks, but none of them really wanted to work into what we were doing. What the mallards ended up doing is, and I've seen them do this one other time on the river, they will float the river. And after they go down to a certain place, they'll get back and fly back up river. And they get in the cycle of floating down, flying up, floating down, flying up. I've only seen them do this. I've only seen them do this one other time. Um, and I don't know why they do it um, when they have these open holes and these sandbars and stuff. But I don't know whether it's fun for them or maybe they just feel safer on open water. Maybe they're certain ducks that come down from big water and they just like sitting on open water. I don't know. But um, it's neat when you see them doing it. But it then the hunt 
ended up pretty poor. I don't even know if I'm going to put out a video on it. I, I took video, but seeing as though my last video was us sucking on the river, I feel like this video would pretty much be the same thing. Um, so I don't know. I need to figure out whether I'm going to put a video out of it. it, it I'm, I might just because I talk a lot about the ice situation we ran into um, and describe it. Um, have you ever seen – I put out a video on the river by myself in season like two – I believe, and we had had the same situation where we had the river came up, um, or maybe it went. I think it went down this time. The river was up real high, and then it, and then it froze, and then it came down. And I walked on the weirdest ice hole I've ever seen on the Kansas River because the water was pretty clear. It gets fairly clear during the summer because, especially during ice, because there's no no dirt runoff from the fields. And I walked up on a hole. I don't know how deep it was. It was, I'm guessing about six about 10 yards wide and 10 yards circle um and it looked as though it was just a it could have been 10 feet i don't know how deep it was but it was this one little isolated hole in the middle of nowhere with like ankle deep water all the way around it where some weird condition had happened on the river where ice had somehow pushed water and it, it dug it out i don't know it it's on one of those videos. It's the most ominous looking thing I've ever seen. Hmm. So last thing I'll say is that river hunting, you can never ever think that you know all the aspects of the river. If you think you know an area is shallow, it may not be. I mean, that hole that I saw on that hunt, um, it was not there two weeks prior, two weeks previous, because I, I know it wasn't because I was out there. So just anytime you're on the river, every single hunt you're out there, you have to be thinking safety. And every step you have to think, hey, maybe if a hole is formed, because it can weird things can can take place. And this was just another example of that, just a weird scenario that was dangerous. So yeah, that that kind of stuff scares me <laughs> for sure. Me too. It does me too. It does me too. But you just have to be safe. Be careful. Yep. All right. That's well, all I guess I we'll. Uh, We'll jump to my hunt then, um, or my hunts, I should say. Uh, so Indiana, we're already out of the duck season, um, or well, yeah, my my zone specifically, we're out for a while. Uh, then I got the central zone, Indiana, Kansas, as well, and then now we're to goose hunting primarily. Uh, that's all we got left, and so everything's getting really cold. Um, even last week, um, we were in, you know, single digits. Uh, almost down to zero. I can't remember if we ever went negative or not, but I know the wind chills were down to, you know, negative 15, negative 20. Um, and so when that happens, you know, a lot of the geese flock to the rivers. And so still trying to figure out the area I hunt um, specifically. It seems like there's a lot of geese that use it. And we've set up um, in the past um, uh, maybe a half mile or more down the river from where we we're setting up right now and so i guess i'm kind of jumping ahead ahead of myself and uh kind of in in prior years we knew that geese were in this area um and we'd see them you know kind of flying out of here towards where we'd set up um but anyways the boat launch to access all this is frozen like we can't get in there so um have access from a farmer to get in the river up in this area and walk in there 
So went out there to scout, and when we walked out to scout, we just bumped up a ton of birds. I mean, we walked, and there's just a ton of birds on ice shelves out there, and then it's got the creek that runs through there, and it's the it's the honey hole for you for those of you that watch my videos and um, you know know what I talk about all the time. Honey hole, one of my favorite places to hunt ducks. And that's uh, the place those guys trash that blind, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So or you got stuck in the quicksand kind of thing. That's not the honey hole. The oh, that's not part. the same place. That is the actual place where we normally hunt the geese on this river. That's a half mile away. Oh, I thought that was the same. Same general place. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought that was the same spot. No, different spot. So. But it has a blind there, right? There's a blind at that one, right? Uh, that's a different, different blind. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, this kind of section of the river just had a bunch of old blinds that people built. I don't know how long ago. Okay. Um, but they've been there as long as I as I. Uh, I know for however long it's been. I don't know. So, anyways, um, so we push out there to scout, just busting birds. I mean, we bust up hundreds and hundreds of geese. So we're like, okay, this is going to be money. Um, but it's kind of like the damage is already done. Like when we went out to scout, it's like, how do we scout this without busting up the birds? Um, well, anyways, we decided to come back and hunt it that evening. Um, you know, just assuming with that many birds that either new ones are going to come in or those ones are going to come back in. Um, and so we go and set up kind of like last light. Um, not last light. So about 3 o'clock, shooting, shooting time ended at, uh, I think, 5.45, somewhere around then. So we go out there to set up around 3. And, again, we walk out there and just bust up all the geese. All the geese fly out of there. So either new ones or the same ones had already come back. Um, and so that hunt was kind of a bust. We, and we're like, Nothing we came just, back in? Not a thing? Not a thing came back in. Oh, my um, gosh. That's <laughs> bad luck. Yeah. Every time actually, I've ever done that, there's been geese come back. So I, I shouldn't say that nothing. So we left at shooting light and nothing had came back in yet <laughs> so we're like well there's just tons of birds apparently they're not roosting here um so they're not going to be in here so let's come back tomorrow morning at first light and so that was our plan again and again it was going to be like negative 20 wind chill so we're just getting there first light so we show up we get there pull up through the woods down to the creek and no joke like where we walk in there's a flock of geese and <laughs> they just walk into the creek creek and fly away and i'm like well i mean maybe this is a good sign there's there's geese here so you know then hunter gets there shortly after that and um we kind of pack up grab everything we can and walk out there and as we're walking out there again we just bust up geese everywhere <laughs> and so oh yeah and so we go out there um and set up kind of on the point between these two creeks uh, and the river and set up there and um, and we hunted till noon so we're setting up there and we had one group working and so the way it was there's not a lot of cover kind of where this creek opens up and these it flows in there so we kind of had to set up a little bit to the left of the X and these birds that worked in kind of didn't work in right to the decoys they wanted to land where they normally land, which is not a surprise, but we used to not have good cover to hide. And so they went to land that way, and then they swung over towards us, and we took a passing shot, um, and I shot one out of that group. So I shot twice, and I dropped one. Um, and, you know, it happens to all of us, but Hunter, Hunter missed his shots. So the goose, you know, lands on the ice shelf, um, 
past the creek and on the ice shelf, and it looks like it's dead. It's just laying there dead. I'm like, you know, yeah, got one. Happy about that. And <laughs> um, all of a sudden, the goose stands back up. <laughs> and so, you know, while it's on the ice shelf, I'm trying to get Chief to to notice it and go towards it. But it, I mean, it's like 70 yards away on this ice shelf, and um, not not moving at all. So Chief doesn't see it at all. And then it stands up and starts, you know booking it away pretty much and so i'm like oh crap so we have to go grab the canoe out of the woods bring it down into the creek or into the river and i jump in it and start paddling downstream and in that short time where i looked away to get to get in the canoe and get all set up like this goose just disappears oh man (laughs) and and so you know i just start trucking down down the river and the river's a little a little sketchy this time of the year um just with like the ice flows we have chunks of ice the winds howling it's like 20 mile per hour winds it's negative 20 degrees and i'm just coasting down the river chasing after this cripple and so um we actually had a couple decoys that got caught up in ice that got pulled down so i'm grabbing those while i'm looking for them and and i have one that's like gone pretty far down there and i'm like i guess i gotta go grab this goose floater and i get down there and actually if i hadn't hadn't gone down for that goose floater i would have thought there's no way that goose had got that far but he was down there and i mean i was probably i don't even know like a fifth of a mile (laughs) downstream from where we'd hunted and so i see him down there and he's hiding and so i pop him you know and and he's on the ice so now i'm in the canoe the current's coming towards me i can't touch bottom and i'm like trying to break the ice with my paddle <laughs> smacking the ice and to get to that goose and i finally like i smack through it and and get the goose in the canoe and and now i gotta work my way all the way back and <laughs> the wind is blowing straight at me the current is coming straight at me um, and the ice chunks are making it even harder to paddle, and it's negative twenty degree wind chill. <laughs> so that sound fun. No, no, it was. I mean, that's not the fun part of the hunt for sure. So, <laughs> um, every, I mean, it was every like I don't even know fifty yards or so. I'm stopping and like blowing hot air into my gloves because my <laughs> hands are frozen. Like my fingers are barely holding on to the paddle anymore, and. And finally, I mean, it took me forever. I got back up there, you know, and every time, you know, the way I do it, I use a kayak paddle and I sit on my knees in my kayak. Um, Just it gives you kind of more stability and all that kind of stuff. Kayak paddle, more efficient. But when I'm standing there on my knees and paddling the canoe, the wind is like pushing right against me. And I'm like a sail and and just with the current and everything. I mean, you look over the shore, you're just barely moving. (laughs) And then every time you hit an ice chunk, it's just slowing you up so yeah it was a struggle but i got back there and it's just crazy you know at <laughs> this time of year what what you do for a goose and so after that hunt um i kind of said something similar to what you you were thinking and I, I told my wife i'm like man with these cold conditions i'm just tired of being cold i'm not sure how much you know how much more i'm gonna uh, hunt this year and so i'm uh, like but you know this week coming up i'm like eh. <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hold a your long tongue, way. Man. It's a long way from that last weekend. So, (laughs) so yeah, that, that honestly didn't pan out as well as we would have liked. And by that point, we're so cold that we ended up getting out of there about 1130. Um, and we're like, well, they're not coming in first thing in the morning. They're not coming in last thing. So they must be coming in midday. Um, and so again, we, we go out there, we're going out there Saturday, same spot. Um, every time we've gone out there, we bumped up geese. There's birds using it all the time. Um, 
Oh wait, no, no. So, so I forgot. I forgot. So we went out again Friday night. The same day. The same day, yeah. Man. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, nothing then too. So, <laughs> but every wow. single time, every single time we went in there, we bumped up geese. Even that, even that last time on that evening. Yep. So, so you you left at eleven thirty. Yeah, and so oh, they man. and they and came in. Uh, I, I think it was like 3.30 again. So you were there from daybreak <laughs> to 11.30, one group. And sometime between 11.30 and 3, they poured in there. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like it wasn't like poured in there like tons and tons, but there's still geese using it. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll say there's a couple hundred. Um, yeah. And so we come back. We're like, all right, all right we've, we've been here every time except for midday. Let's come back midday. And we get there. Um, what did we get there? About 10.30, 11 o'clock on saturday now it is and we go out there and again there's geese in there <laughs> so it's just oh like my gosh <laughs> and they're on the ice shelves and we walk up there and they just fly out into the feeds to feed the fields to feed and so it's just all this cold weather they have nowhere else to be but the river and so they're either at the river sitting on the ice shelves and not flying at all or out in the fields feeding all day and so um we sat out there almost till last light um but both of our waders were leaking our feet were freezing and we're just like we're done <laughs> so we give you up <laughs> anything that night nope ah, so <laughs> oh my so it was a little rough go of it i mean i don't understand like i said i'm trying to figure out how to hunt this trying to figure out i mean it seems like it is a roost and so maybe it's not the spot to hunt but then again, it just doesn't matter when we go in there. There's birds in there. So I'll be really interested to see after this cold snap if um, everything still froze up or if it's still open there, if everything froze up back in there, I should say, or if it's open, we're going to have pockets or where we're going to be able to get on the river. So honestly, I'm not a super experienced goose hunter. So learning experience on all this, and I'm definitely giving it my best effort, but yeah, I'd say that's an A for effort for sure. Yeah, we went we went really hard trying to <laughs> like all I'm saying is I want one goose hunt by the end of the year. One good goose hunt. We haven't had any um good goose hunts. They've all been duck hunts. I've shot, I think, six geese this year. Um <laughs> but you know, my season has not been stellar at yeah. all. But now we got the cold weather and I don't have any excuses. So I got I got um, this next weekend, a week, and the next weekend. But this, the rest of this week, all the way till this weekend, it's too cold. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say that. I'm sure some people yeah. hunting it. Too cold for me. I'm not we're going out in nice negative 45. Yeah, we are too. Actually, we're getting a nice warm up next week. I think I'm going to take the weekend off because there's just really not much to do. Everything's going to be frozen. I don't want to go back to the river. River's probably frozen too. That's the best time for us to hunt the river is when we find open holes on the river and all the birds are congregating there but i just don't it's, it's too up high right now to mess with that i just don't want to deal with it yeah um and then i think the weekend after that aiden and i are going to go on the river and camp out on one of the islands out there um and then i didn't tell you the the last weekend of goose season ben from foul front has he, i guess he's like emceeing some delta waterfowl uh, banquet and then they're having like a goose tournament on saturday where it's kind of like a bass tournament where at the end of the day they they weigh all you have five people on your team and they weigh whoever has the most poundage wins or something. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, Ben invited me to kind of be his co-host, and we're going to do a bunch of live streaming um, on Facebook and Instagram and stuff um, for, and I'm not sure what we're going to put it on, whether it's Falfa, I don't know, but I'm going to take the kids down and we're going to stay in a motel and I'm going to hang with Ben and do a bunch of live streaming and make a video out of that for my YouTube channel. So um, it looks like Dark Goose, I've got maybe that one weekend left and that's all I'm going to do. And then I'll hit Snow Goose hunting hopefully a couple times, but it's certainly narrowing down for me as far as season hunts go. Yep. Well, that should be fun. Good way to end yeah. the season. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about the last hunt. I'm excited about going down to – it's in Kansas um, with Ben and, and being a part of that event. Ho- I'm hoping maybe I can make some um, connections with Delta for guests for, for the show here, um, stuff like that. So cool. we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I'm excited about it. Awesome. Yeah, season's definitely narrowing down for all of us, our guests and or our, our listeners as well. So, yeah. um, definitely, you know, that time of year <laughs> with this kind of season, I'm not sure I'm ready to see it go. But at the same time, you know, we've hit it hard, worn down, and definitely, you know, <laughs> can use a break as well. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because I feel like the bad years is when I'm just not ready for the season to end. And the good years, I'm just so satisfied, and I'm like, okay, I'm okay. I can take a break and relax and get in a few snow goose hunts and hit a little turkey and then a little fishing and then start back over again. Um, but while my bad years, I'm the same way. I'm like, no, this isn't the way it's going to go down. I want to get back <laughs> at it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Especially when you're posting your hunts publicly. Oh, that yeah. makes you more pressure. Yeah, well, I don't post my skunks, so that saves me from that. But yeah. then again, I don't post as many hunts when that happens, so. That's true. So speaking of skunks, you and I were talking before on the podcast about maybe introducing a little segment where um, if we have interesting or frustrating or thought-provoking comments on our YouTube channels to read those and and just discuss them. And so um, I'm going to do that right now. We, I I put out a video on, I believe it was, was this a video on Monday? I think it was. Today's Wednesday. Did that video come out Monday of our last time? uh yeah i think you're right yeah okay so um i put out a video called duck hunting just do it john just do it and it's of jordan's last duck hunt in kansas and we're on the kansas river and man the day is just kind of comically going bad we can't find any place to hunt because um, where we wanted to go was all frozen in with the ice on the ramp and i mean once we get we're flushing all sorts of birds off the river once we get in there but Nothing's really coming in. And when mallards do keep trying to come in, they're dropping in behind us and sneaking up on us and we're not seeing them. And so, um, you know, I, I would say you've hunted with me four times. I'm normally pretty serious on a hunt, wouldn't you say? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't just <laughs> jack around incessantly. <laughs> no, I'm just giving right? you a hard time. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, I don't just act like a goof and just jack around when, you know, for the most part. Oh, yeah. Definitely serious. Uh, you want to get on the birds. Yeah. It's all about it. So this time we're sitting here for a long time and you know, I, I just started getting a little bit in a silly mood. And so I wanted John to shoot this piece of ice out from in front of a decoy that was going by. And so I wasn't actually peer pressuring him to do it. I just started the do it, do it chant just because honestly, I think it's funny. I've never, ever actually tried to get someone to do some, <laughs> something with the do it, do it chant. Um, it's actually an inside joke between my son and I, because we heard, we were trying to fish on this little channel river channel in town 
And we heard a bunch of high schoolers do the do it, do it chant from like, we couldn't see him. We could just hear it. And uh, we laughed so hard. And our inside joke was like, the next thing you're going to hear is some kid get hurt and the ambulance coming. So it's just like the do it, do it chant is, is something that we just find comical. I've never actually used it. Um, of course, you told me it's been used on you a couple times. Uh, at least <laughs> once, right? You, you experienced yep. it. So anyway, we started goofing around. I, I, and I start chanting, do it, do it. And then um, I'm, I'm looking out and I'm I like, hey, John, there's a white, I've got this white rock silhouette decoy. And I'm like, why don't you shoot that thing? We'll see. You were just goofing around. So um, John, John shoots the silhouette. So I get this uh, comment today. Um, and the thing about when you're a creator on YouTube, you have to get used to negative comments about every little thing that you do um, because it just, it just happens. But I, I, this one actually didn't make – this one I struck as funny. So here's Wild Bill's comment to um, all of our – and I say all of our. It was mostly me that was instigating all this stuff. So Wild Bill says, why did you even post this video? It shows the immaturity of men out with guns hunting ducks. You don't blast your decoys. You don't chant do it, do it over stupid things. You sound like a bunch of high schoolers. And when I watch a video, I expect to see some guys doing some quality hunting, not a bunch of grab ass going on. <laughs> so I got a real a real long laugh at that one when it came out. Like that dude's got no sense of humor. I mean, come on. Come yeah, wild Bill doesn't sound very wild. <laughs> no, no. I mean, you know, we all goof around and, and have fun from time to time. And I will say that is the first time I've ever um, um, tried to talk someone into shooting, shooting a decoy. <laughs> so, but I, I, I thought that Wild Bill needs to chill a little bit. I, it, but it certainly uh, gave me a laugh or two. Yeah, or the opposite. Maybe he needs to have some excitement in his life. <laughs> yeah, come on, Wild Bill. <laughs> yeah, not very Wild Bill. Seems like you should be naming yourself <laughs> Conservative Bill. <laughs> Which I'm really conservative individual. I mean, it's like doing non-ethical things intentionally and like chanting and trying to get my friends to do dangerous things doesn't happen. In fact, with Dan, it was quite the opposite. <laughs> so thank you, Wild Bill, for contributing to our podcast. So hopefully we can we can get some more comments in, in the future and, and just kind of share them. Yeah, and if you guys want to be uh, um, featured in next week's podcast, make sure to go put all kinds of hateful and crazy <laughs> messages over on Elliot's uh, videos. <laughs> Just no. kidding, obviously. Yeah, but you don't need to. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. It might happen now. <laughs> well, it's funny because, you know, you can get like a thousand positive comments if you get like five negative. The negative ones are the ones you think about. And not, not that one in particular, but um, in general. Yeah, yeah. Is dumb. All right. Well, I guess that's our wrap for the week. So, anything else you want to add, Elliot, before we sign off here? Nope. That's it. We're still going to be cranking out the content, though, guys. Just because the season end doesn't mean that we're going anywhere. So, stay tuned in. We're going to be talking about turkey hunting and all sorts of good stuff in the weeks to come. So, yeah, definitely, we'll be uh, having tons of waterfowl content and. Uh, other podcasts podcasts coming up as well we got a good lineup of off-season guests to come on um, as well so be looking forward to that and as well make sure to check us out on youtube um, we'll be putting out content over there um, obviously we won't have our weekly hunt anymore um, but if you missed out on those you're getting a little itchy uh, or itching to, to watch some waterfowl stuff 
<laughs> said that kind of funny, but uh, uh, make sure you head over there and uh, see our library of videos from this last season. Anyways, I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles, Elliot from Freelance Duckening, and we'll see you guys next time.